Thanks for joining us on Battle Walks as we walk across the great battlefields of Europe. If you're enjoying the show, why not become a member? Every week, you'll receive exclusive bonus episodes available only to subscribers, and you can listen to all our episodes completely ad-free. Click on the link in the show notes to join us via ACAST+. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast, another live episode. Pete, we are still on the battlefields. Well, the end of a fantastic tour. Here we are in Paris. Mate, it's been a pretty... Uh pretty exciting week hasn't it it's been fairly full-on in fact my voice is marginally croaky i have a cup of coffee with me um but golly what uh, what a time we've had well last time we caught up with the dear listeners we were in eep having just had one day on the battlefields the first day on the tour and since then geez we've done so much mate this is so this is the the matt and pete signature tour and we have thrown in interesting little sites we've explored the key australian sites on the battlefields it, it was Mostly, I've got to say, with a fantastic group of people. It was just such a great experience. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's the clients that make it, obviously. And uh, we had a, a great uh, great uh, group of people. They gelled together very well. It was just fantastic. It's been, uh, yeah, and with the uh, fantastic experience and with the added little bonus locations we went to, uh, yeah, brilliant. We're here in the lobby of the hotel in Paris, which is why it's a bit noisy, but we just wanted to get our thoughts down before we part ways. And I've actually... This piece of paper you can hear there is actually the itinerary because we've done so much. I didn't want to um, risk missing out on something. So what we thought we'd do is this, uh, as this post uh, post tour. Oh, we've got someone yelling at French behind us. Yeah. This uh, little post tour report. We thought we'd just go through what we did day to day and talk yeah. about some of the exciting things. So we told you about our first day of V weapon sites and 1918 battlefields. But then we got up to Eat, a great town, one of my favourites. Pete, I always love being up there. We stayed in a great hotel. Um, and first day we went out and explored the battlefields of the salient yeah i mean i, I love it i love starting off in the city itself uh, and ape itself every time you go something's changing at the moment we've got a bit of a, a downside i suppose that the menin gates covered over for uh, t- two years while they're, while they're doing a lot of work on it but it needs doing structural work but even that makes it interesting because it's different there's something different to look at cloth all also under work they're putting new roads in and new be- beautiful uh, new pavers in some of the areas of ape so it's being improved const- constantly and i think that's part of the fun is seeing how it's changing year on year there's always something different uh, so I chat about the town and its rebuilding and then out onto the battlefields and to, to Hill 60, one of my favourite locations. And just, just before we move on with it, one thing I wanted to say about Ape that I think is that this is a, it's, a, it's the same story that's been happening since 1918. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's the continuing story of Ape embracing its wartime heritage. Uh, you know, the first pilgrims came as soon as the war was over. 
even during the war, there were pilgrims coming over. So, you know, this, the, the work they're doing is part of that evolving story of Ypres, um, not celebrating, but embracing its, its yeah. wartime heritage. So but, it's great to see. Uh, and it's, it's really what I like is because we are a continuation of that, uh, literally. You know, our, our clients, uh, the pilgrims, whatever you w- wish to call them nowadays, I suppose pilgrims not used so often, but the, the visitors, the people that come to the city, they're following the footsteps of those that came right the way from, uh, from, you know, from 1920 or even earlier. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I enjoy that. And certainly I try to, 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 to explain that and to, to explain to the clients that they are following in something that this has gone on since the end of the war. Well, as you said, out into the battlefields, Hill 60, a great spot, a preserved landscape of craters and, and uh, mine craters and shell holes and trenches and pillboxes. It's, it's great to actually start with a walk around uh, that sort of tortured landscape to give some insight into what it was like. And I also give my famous and much, uh, much uh, uh, anticipated talk on uh, concrete of the Great War while we're there. Well, if we've got to spare uh, three hours, let's do it now. Pete. Actually, no, let's not do it now. But you're going to have to come on a tour with Pete and stand on a pillbox on Hill 60 to here. But, it, it, you know, we jest, but it is actually part of the story. It's part a key of the part story. of the story, a very key part of the story about how these massive concrete emplacements got built. Um, the mine craters are always interesting. The big mine crater, everyone's seen Beneath Hill 60, the movie. And uh, I think people get a little overwhelmed when they actually walk. You can walk down into that crater. It doesn't look like a, a typical crater because sort of half the side of the hill's blown yeah. off. But it, it's it's still pretty moving to stand there in the bottom of that crater and think about the Battle of Messine and, and all the people that still lie under your feet. Mm. It is. I think that's one of the, the key fa- uh, parts of it is is knowing that we are in a landscape uh, that hasn't ever been uh, turned over. It hasn't ever been worked upon. It hasn't ever been dug. So so we know that uh, unfortunately um, and movingly that there are, there are people still all around us there. Um, what we haven't mentioned is the weather has been particularly uh, extraordinarily warm for the whole of... We've had no rain, it's been beautiful weather for the whole of the tour, which, uh, yeah, you have to get used to all weathers in the tours, but it does help, and especially when you're going to Hill 60 and into the crater if it's uh, if it's dry, and it's, it was beautiful weather, beautiful sunny days. We had to run the tour later than we normally do because of the Rugby World Cup um, was sort of getting in the way a little bit, but um, so we picked October, and Pete and I had the discussion, didn't we, of mm. was it going to be too cold at that time of the year? You know, how would we adjust to it? Could come, you know, could be frosty. And, and cold winds and short days, but it's been the opposite. It's been 25 degrees every day and sunny. We've gotten so lucky. We saw poppies oh, out on the battlefield in October. Yeah, and that is really unusual and, and partly led by the extraordinary uh, hot conditions last year that put the poppies out of sync. And so lots of poppies in the, on the battlefield all over. Very, very unusual. During our day on the salient, we, um, we went to the fantastic uh, Passchendaele 1917 Museum, which is always worth going and checking out. gives you a good insight. But then uh, out into the killing fields of the Battle of Passchendaele, and it's always one of the bonus sites we like to go through is where Frank Hurley took his famous photo of the Australians sheltering in the railway embankment during the Battle of Passchendaele. That's a, that's a wonderful then and now moment, Pete. And I think it's something that Australian visitors in particular really, um, really are moved by, standing in that spot with those, those poor dead and wounded Australians in the height of the Battle of Passchendaele. I'm never one for carrying lots of uh, photographs around with me, but just sometimes there are iconic photos of Australia in the Great War, and it is nice just occasionally to actually go to a site and say, look, this isn't just close. This is the location, and uh, we do that as much as we can. So, yeah, very, very moving to be where Frank Haley took some of his iconic photographs. And then, of course, the two big cemeteries, Tynecott, the largest Commonwealth military cemetery in the world, which is always uh, overwhelming when people first see it, but also Langemark, the German cemetery, um, is always an inclusion. I mean, we insist on including Langemark, German cemetery, 
when we're on the battlefields because it just tells a, a just a completely different story to what you get from the Commonwealth cemeteries. Yeah, and I'm going to do a little plug here for uh, an author friend of mine, Roger Stewart, who's actually uh, produced a, a, a book on Langemark Cemetery, which has enhanced uh, my visits going there an awful lot personally. Yeah, it's outstanding. Right it book. is, and it tells really the story in detail about the creation of Langemark, and it's not always quite what you see. I mean, we won't go into the whole thing here, but it's just an interesting cemetery, and uh, yeah, it's the, a cemetery that's been shaped by two world wars. It, it was has, shaped yeah, by what they, happened in the first world war it was shaped by uh, the relationship between belgium and germany after the second world war and then of course the rise of the nazi party in the 30s had a big influence on that cemetery uh it was a cemetery that hitler visited personally in 1940 during his tour of the battlefield so it's an extraordinary place where several different eras of history come colliding together to tell that german story but because of that it's one that we insist on going to on, on every tour that we do it's fascinating, and, and just uh, by the by, nothing to do with this, with this tour, but I literally had the information uh, this morning when I got up about somebody wanting to go to the German cemetery at Menin. I haven't been. I have to say I haven't been, so I had to look at that this morning. So that's part of the enjoyment of, uh, of, of doing all of this, is, uh, is looking at something different. So, yeah, German cemetery at Menin I'll be looking at later on in the year. And then the next day on the battlefields, which was day, gee, only day four or where yeah. up to, was um, yeah. again a bit of a bonus day. The good thing about the um, signature tour is all our tours are good and operate at a good pace. But on our signature tour, we have a couple of extra days in there to do more things. And and uh, this day was a good example of that. We gave gave the gave the uh, the, the group some time off to explore Eep because it's well worth checking out. But then in the afternoon, headed out to the battlefield of Messine, which is a place that we cover on the regular tours, but we don't do it in quite the same depth as we do it on the signature tour. And, gee, that's, a, that's an incredible story, isn't it, Pete? It is indeed, but you've missed something out. You've missed something out. Cheese. 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 I missed the cheese, cheese. on the previous day. <laughs> we have cheese on the previous day. No, we do a lunch stop at the old cheese factory in Passchendaele. And great. Oddly, it's got a lot of cheese, which is, <laughs> which is great if you like cheese, which I do. I do as well. I had 16 different varieties you could sample, and I had all 16. I, I walked out full of beer and cheese, because they give you beer as well, whether you want one or not. So What could I go did, wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong? It's a great, that is a great stop to our Passchendaele touring day. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that's where were we? Oh, yeah, Messine. No, thank yeah, you for yeah. mentioning the cheese. Yeah. It would be remiss so, uh, if we didn't. <laughs> shout out to the cheese factory. Uh, yeah, so Messine, I have to say, in recent years, I hadn't been up to the uh, the top of the, uh, the the tower in uh, the church in Messine, which is, uh, if, you, if, you, if you can make it to the top, the views are spectacular. And it's, I was a little worried, Pete, when yeah. you came down. You <laughs> just even when I got You've to the top. Huffing and puffing. <laughs> I hate it when people want to ask me questions when I've just climbed up umpteen hundred stairs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, fantastic views across the Messine. Well, not just the Messine battlefield, further, but uh, yeah, well worth the effort. If you get, find yourself in Messine, uh, then uh, try and get up to the top of the church there. Brilliant. And we get assistance at Messine from the um, the one and only Simon Luaji, who uh, who's the director of Talbot House, which we'll get to in a minute. And Simon comes out and tells us all about the Battle of Messine. Not just the Australian and New Zealand involvement in 1917, but also going right back to when the Germans first occupied in 1914, to uh, Indian troops fighting there, to Scottish troops fighting there. It's a, it's a great yarn. He touches on the fact that, his, that Hitler was supposedly there during the war, but doesn't dwell too long on that. It's just a really great overview, particularly from a local to understand their perspective on all this fighting that occurred in their backyard. I'm just going to say that the British were there as well, just because Matt didn't mention it, but there were some British soldiers there Sorry, as well. Sorry, who? <laughs> We, I have to apologise. We, this is an Australian tour, so we tend to focus on the Australian things, and there is a risk that occasionally it becomes a little bit uh, one-eyed. But we uh, must always remember that we operate as part of the British Army, and um, yeah, it, I think it was the running joke, wasn't it, Pete? It was. The, with the it Brits, was the Brits even here in yeah, the war because yeah, yeah. we spend so much time talking about the Australians. But yeah. uh, that's uh, we don't want that at the expense of the uh, no. coalition partners who no. 
who won the war together. So yes, the Brits were there as well. Well, I did say Scottish. So you did, you did. It was close. On it. it was close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, gee, what did we do? It was a great day. Then uh, Island of Ireland, Peace Tower. Yep. To talk more about the Battle of Messine. Yeah. Perspective and, of the battlefield. Uh, and discuss the uh, the Irish uh, involvement of the 16th uh, Irish Division and 36. So we had a chat about uh, what was Are going on Are you sure there. the British were here? Yeah, they were. They were. Trust me. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then across uh, across to Poppering, um, a place that my grandfather knew very well uh, uh, during the war. He was based uh, around Poppering. He was in the ammunition column. So I always like going to Poppering. It's a good spot, behind the lines, a place that most people don't get to on their tours, um, and one you really should visit, and there's some really interesting things to see there. We didn't see it on this tour, but you can go to the death cells where men who would be shot at dawn were were held before that uh, terrible sentence was carried out. A really interesting place, but the highlight is because the town wasn't destroyed, there's a couple of uh, really important houses to, to see there, including Skindles, an officer's club, but the one we were focused on, Talbot House, established in 1915 as an everyman's club. Tock H. Tock H, yes, in military abbreviation. And we had a very special visit to Talbot House, which I don't think many people will forget in a hurry. We went and explored the house, and Simon showed us around and gave us a tour. We went through the wonderful museum. But then, cheerio, darling. No, we're not saying goodbye. That was the name of a, what would you call a dinner show. Well, it's like a concert a, party. A concert party. It was it's a, a concert, concert party. party. Yeah, a posh concert party. It was I a think. posh concert party. Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. It's a, it's, Talbot House don't do it very often. They only do it a dozen or so times a year. But they got in so many volunteers and set up beautiful, beautifully dressed tables for us for Fantastic dinner. Fantastic food. We had a four-course meal, yeah. and in between the courses, there was a. They told the story of a, a love-struck couple who was separated by war, and the, and the, and by reading letters that they Don't had. Spoil it. Don't spoil it. I won't spoil it. But they had letters in the archive of Talbot House where that that told this 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 love story. And musical numbers, and it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, a real highlight. Just wonderful. Uh, yeah, it was, it was excellent. It was really quite extraordinary. It was uh, one of those things that, uh, that we'd been told that might be a possibility, and as soon as I heard about it, I thought, we've got to do that. It's, just... it's also one of those things that you're just not, never quite sure. And I read all the splay, and I thought, is this going to work? Are the people going to enjoy it? Well, loved it. The abs- I loved it. It was, it was just fantastic. It was very, very well done. So, you know, volunteers who played the roles of the people reading the letters out, Wonderful musicians. The musicians were absolutely incredible. And a beautiful meal. A good British meal. Yep. Uh, Even had mushy peas. Mushy peas. We had, uh, was it shepherd's pie and mushy peas? Oh, it was fantastic. So just a great night out. We were very, very fortunate to get to do that. Um, So that's a bit of a rare occurrence at Talbot House. But if you are going to the battlefields, don't miss Talbot House when you're up in the Eaps Alien. It is fantastic. Just a wonderful story. And going up into the attic, Pete, on the rickety stairs and... And if Simon, Standing in the chapel where so many yeah. men had their last service before they went out and died on the battlefields. Yeah. It's just yeah. incredible. And if Simon's there, have a chat with Simon because he's so passionate. Uh, a great guy. He's an honorary, honorary Aussie, so, uh, yeah. so I'm sure there's an order of Australia not too far yeah. in his future. But uh, he does so much for Australia. It's, it's wonderful to have these people on the battlefields who yeah. understand and represent us so well. Yeah, so that was, that was Eep Salient. He was. The next yeah. day we um, yeah. headed off on the bus bright and early. Uh, heading down to the Somme battlefields, but on the way, stopping at a couple of crucial sites. Firstly, the Battle of Fromel. I mean, even the name, even the name just sounds ominous. That Fromel, it sounds like from hell. It was yeah. just, and that's, it's well suited because that yeah. is a, just a horrific story. I'm sure most people know the story of the most costly 20 hours in Australian well, they military. Could always history. listen to one of our previous podcasts, couldn't oh. they, really? Several. In fact, yeah, yes, we walked the battle, we walked yeah. the battlefield of Fromel, and we, we, it comes up quite often. It's a, one yeah. of the half dozen most important Australian battlefields. 
and we walk the ground. And again, on this tour, we have time to walk the ground, yeah. tell the story. Oh, and I, I should mention Fred and the poignant oh, moment I had yeah, with Fred. Yeah, yeah, he had his great uncle had been killed at Fromel, but he had a letter from his from his great uncle's mate who said that we were at both wounded side by side out in no man's land, and we lay out in a shell hole for some extraordinary like ten hours yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. and then eventually. Bob or whatever his name was um, decided he was going to try and make a go for it back to the Australian lines and he said as soon as he climbed out of the shell hole bang a sniper killed him so what a horrific story he was never found one of the one of the poor buggers who lay out in no man's land Um, uh, but so we took uh, we knew we knew where roughly where he'd been so I took Fred out to that site and as we're walking across the area I said I think this is pretty close to where he must have been my best guess and and Fred put a poppy in the soil, and it was just a nice little moment. Then I looked down, and right at my feet was a um, an unfired uh, 303 round, uh, so a, a British or Australian round. And who knows? We can only suppose about how that came to be lying in the middle of no man's land. But there's a distinct possibility that was in the yep. ammo pouch of someone who was killed or wounded there. Yeah. It's not the sort of thing people are scattering around, or usually they're not even reloading in the middle of no man's land. So I mean, yeah. you know, so. They're just trying to get across, so it's unlikely they'd be stopping and fumbling and reloading. Uh, so that well could have come from the pocket of a... Yeah, very moving. Yeah, very so moving to find moments. those things, uh, and the fact that it was unfired, yeah, if we found a fired projectile, yeah, yeah. that would be moving in its own right, but to find an unfired projectile that fell from the pocket of an Australian right on that spot was quite an extraordinary Fred moment. was very moved, wasn't he? Very moved. It was one of those special moments. I post Look on socials, I posted that... Um, yeah, it's one of those special moments on the battlefields, yeah. and that's that's why we do it. It's, I mean, you must yeah. have these. You must have these oh, every yeah. week, Pete. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, I've had I've had really strange ones, uh, very similar to that, where somebody said to me, "Pete, can you just go and find me something a shrapnel ball? I can perhaps take it back." And I do take two steps, I bend down, and I picked up a German button. And I said, "Even better than the shrapnel ball, there's a German button to take back." And people just utterly blown away. Well, so was I. But you do get that oddities yeah. just occasionally. That's why it helps to go and plant them in advance, Pete, all over the battlefield. People say what that to us all the time. What are you saying? Did you plant that there? I, I almost did in a way here because I'd been at the battlefield a week earlier and I'd found um, in the Australian line a British pattern helmet, so probably an Australian helmet with a nice, uh, or a, a chunk of helmet, not a complete one, but a chunk of helmet with a bullet hole straight through the side of it. Um, I found that in the Australian line and so I did, I did hide that behind a bush so that when the group was there, purely so that when the group was there, was I could show them because it was so I prepared awesome. earlier. I think that's so nice. <laughs> yeah. But so that was, it wasn't quite planted, but I did save it so that I could show it to the group because that was quite extraordinary. And we left it there. We left it there yeah, at the did. cemetery. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully other people get to see it as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We could go on and on about Fremel. It's a, yes, it is, yeah. I won't say it's a highlight of the tour, but it's certainly a moving... Highlight's yeah. the wrong word, but it's certainly one of the most moving experiences. Yeah. And it was cold. It was, it, was a, it was probably 22 degrees, but still freezing. It was, it was a wind. cold wind. It was a cold wind, yeah. That's always the case at Fremel. It's yeah. always windy and bleak, and yeah. there's no glory at that battlefield. And then we also we always go to the uh, the museum, the Fremel's Museum. They're very well received. They're always well received, and uh, we normally bring packed lunches, and we can eat them inside there, which is great. Yeah, so very Enjoy, I always enjoy a visit to the uh, museum. And then uh, saw, of course, the new cemetery with the uh, the bodies from the mass graves. We, yeah. we won't go into this in too much detail. You can hear about it in the other podcast, but a great experience. And then on to Bulacore. Yep. Bulacore, another um, disaster for Australia. Yeah. Just yeah. A, another horrific battlefield where so many men died. Mm-hmm. And another battlefield where you can get a very good perspective of how the battle unfolded based on the geography because there's been very little development there and yep. still laid out as it was. So and that's part of the story, isn't it? The development of memorials there. We've got slow developments of memorials, so we explain that story and then let people have a bit of a walk on the battlefield itself. Great time to come this time of the year because the ploughing's taken place. We've got a right to roam in, in France, so you can actually wander across as long as you're not disturbing crops, then, then it's fine. And this time of the year, there's a lot of, uh, lot of fields not planted. So, yeah, good time to visit. So on to Armion where we stayed, another lovely yep. dinner, and then uh, the advantage of this tour is we get two days to explore the Somme, so we break them quite neatly into Somme 1916 and then Somme 1918 because, of course, the two big battles that occurred there. And the Somme 1916 day, we did the, what you'd say is a pretty standard Somme tour, which is the Sunken Road. Well, the it's, a, it's a, certainly a, a standard British tour, but uh, not, not really done so much by Australian groups. So that's what makes it special, is to take uh, Australian uh, clients, Australian groups, and to do something that is fairly well known in uh, for British visitors to the Battle of the Somme. We did the Sunken Lane at Beaumont Hamill, and then the Mine Crater, the Hawthorne, the Ridge Craters. Uh, so uh, and now very accessible, and that's only fairly recent, and so... So I highly recommend the visit to the uh, Hawthorne Ridge, Ridge Craters and, yeah, and, and give people perspective and knowledge of what was going on in 1916 from the 1st of July onwards. So it helps then for the understanding when we do the Australian bit the, uh, 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 later on during, uh, during the day. We joke around about how focused we are on the Australians, but on the Somme we obviously focus very, very carefully on the, whole, the big picture, which was the Battle of the Somme and, yeah. and obviously the, the, crew, you know, the, the horrific British experience in those opening yeah. days and... You, you can't tell that story without exploring those British sites. And I think people got it. There was, uh, yeah. you know, it people also, were very emotive. Yeah, I agree. And it also gives you an opportunity to talk about recruiting. And so I do a, a bit of a chat about recruiting and the raising of the PALS battalions and its relevance and, uh, and, how, and how Australian uh, battalions are raised. So, so, yeah, it starts to pull things together, hopefully. We had an interesting experience at the Ulster Tower, which we won't linger on, where we had some uh, some people uh, representing the... Uh, yep. Pipes and drums. Yeah, pipes I'll and drums. No yeah, representing uh, aspects of Northern Ireland that are controversial. 
we got to experience that firsthand when a band arrived. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but we'll move on from that pretty swiftly. And then, yeah, yeah. The, the Australian battlefields, telling the story of the Australians on the Somme uh, at, uh, at uh, Mouquet Farm and most notably at Pozier. Yeah. Um, just, you know, again, iconic Australian sites. Uh, and a quick visit, of course, to the Tietbal Memorial. Oh, of so course, yeah, yeah. Looking the at the, the, uh, the story of the missing, really, and a continuation of the story that we've been telling of the Australian missing, and then we're bringing the, uh, the story of the missing of the Somme into, into it as well. And that was a that was actually a really great experience because um, we've had a few tours recently where Australians have been less interested in seeing those British sites. And I understand they're short on time; they want to yeah. see key Australian sites. We felt we were running out of time in the day as well, so said, "Oh, we're thinking we'd just do a drive by of the Tip Bar Memorial, not stop." And Ooh, the coach no. was, "No, oh, we no. have to see it," which I thought was fantastic. It's yeah. a British memorial, and yet the whole coach was um, yeah, was really stopped. keen to see it. So good on them. That was yeah. absolutely fantastic to see because I, you know, I. I love going to those sites, mm. and you cannot tell the story of the Battle of the Somme without talking about mm. the, the British contribution and the British yeah, missing. Exactly. It was fantastic. What a great day. It's always a, Somme yeah. 1916 is always a great day. And unbelievably, we've been getting in on time, <laughs> which was not the case last year when we did yeah, this. If you listen to this podcast from a year ago, you'll hear <laughs> yeah. us talking about and we were due in at five and got in at seven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, we've been bang on time. This we time. have. Been, the uh, most punctual group yeah. I've ever been with. There was not a late person. They were assembled ready to go 20 minutes before. Yep. You know, the, the instruction yeah. to move, they're fantastic. Yeah. Made it, it did make it a lot easier. It, did. it was a decent-sized group, but yeah. it made it a lot easier it did. how punctual they were. So we meant we fit more things in. It meant we were back on time. It wasn't too rushed. Um, the following day, Somme 1918. Yeah. Um, and again, a bit of a bonus day because on many tours, the Somme fighting in 16 and 18 is compressed. But here we had a bonus day. So off to Villas Bretno. Yep, the huge... Uh, Australian development that is now Villas Bretno, yeah. the, uh, the Australian Memorial, the wonderful cemetery there, and of course the um, somewhat controversial Sir John Monash Centre. Yeah. Always, always the, the disappointments that there are no children waving Australian flags as we enter the village, <laughs> which is something that is sometimes expected. It's um, yeah, Sir John Monash Centre is an interesting one because it's very, it does tell a very Australian story, which makes you feel proud to be an Aussie, but it also I won't go into it too much. I've discussed it on other podcasts, but I feel it does detract a little bit from the battlefield experience. That it's not. It's a. It's a very. Um, it's almost a clinical yeah. museum, just telling a story about what Australians were doing. It's not related in any way to the memorial just above your heads or the thousands of graves that you can visit. It's just telling an Australian story. So sometimes I think it would be better placed if it was in Canberra mm. at the War Memorial for people who can't get to the battlefields. But like always, Aussies love it. It's a great resource. It's just, is it is it in, in the right place? I mean, I I, I, uh, I really enjoy going there, but it's uh, you've got so much to see on the ground that you're wondering, uh, are we spending too much time indoors when we should be out there uh, looking at the actual battlefield? But it's a it's a personal view. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. And and as it was, now it's a full. It's, it's effectively a half day visit to Villas Bretno now because it takes so long to see all the interesting stuff in the Sir John Monash Centre. Mm. But that's okay. We it's got fantastic coffee facilities. We had our lunch there. Oh, brilliant! Very well run. Shout out to Jackie Bedford. Oh, fantastic! Best, best Caesar salad I've ever had. I think it was delicious. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it was quite good. funny, Pete, wasn't it? That we had half the uh, yeah. half half the meals were baguettes and half were salad. The baguettes instantly disappeared and just left all the salads. And the yeah. poor people that came a little bit later were like, "Oh, having the healthy option, are we?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, odd because we thought they'd go for the salads. Yeah, and, I uh, so. it, was it was delicious. Yeah, but anyway, delicious and uh, with the, the additional cakes and things that were there that Jackie. Uh, uh, wouldn't be a podcast yeah, if we didn't wonderful. get if we didn't get distracted by food. It wouldn't no. be a podcast. But no, big shout out to Jackie at the uh, cafe there. She does a great job. So stop for your lunch at the Sir John Monash Centre when you're in the Somme. Um, what did we do then, Peter? I can't even remember. Uh, I, uh, we went to uh, um, La Hamel. 
So uh, of off course, to the hammer via the site where Mephisto, the only A7V tank uh, in the world, was captured. Have a look at that. Uh, Monument Farm, Monument Woods, uh, and then Kerling Round and up to La Hamel. A great chat at La Hamel about not only... Well, a really interesting yeah. chat that Pete conducted about Monash and his place in history. And again, we weren't, we weren't building him up or tearing him down. We were just trying to give a fairly yeah. honest appraisal of where he fit in the big picture. And I don't yeah. think Monash would... I think Monash would be surprised. I think he'd be... I think he'd be happy, but I think he'd also be surprised a little bit at how we sometimes portray his role in the First World War yeah. and how we remember him. So it's good to... And, and, and what we always like to do on these tours is is put an opinion forward and engage what other people think. It's not it's not about us trying to change history or no. change people's minds or, or be contrary just for the sake of it, but we'll often present a different way of looking at things yeah. and then invite people to join the discussion. And that we had a great discussion about Monash. Yeah, it's um, good uh, and, uh, and very comprehensive and, and that's part of the fun. It's getting people involved. I always uh, do a bit of a bomb vest, let people just say whatever they want and then we try and sort out what's good, what's bad, what we think went well, what didn't, what was his, his personality, his traits. Yeah, it's great. Really good the, fun. The irony for me, Pete, about Le Hamel is the Australian Memorial Park is there to tell the story of the 4th of July, 1918, the famous Battle of Hamel. Um, but I think the more important story is, is is what happened from that point going forward because yeah. that's the, really the only place on the battlefields you can get a good percep- perspective of the Australian involvement in the 8th of August, 1918, the Black Day. You're in the front line. I mean, there, you know, Le Hamel, after it being captured, becomes the front line positions for, for that great assault on the 8th of August. So, yeah, it's great to tell the 8th of August story from there, which which a lot of people forget. They do the Battle of Le Hamel. I, should, and, I think it's the yeah. more important story. It is. Hamel was a good little warm-up, but it was yeah. the 8th of August that was Monash's masterpiece, if yeah. you could claim that he had one. Um, so I, I like to spend a bit of time telling that story as well because it's the only place you can really get a perspective on that ground that they crossed. Yeah. Great day. And then we did um, cruise by of the uh, 3rd Div Memorial yep. um, and the Red Baron crash site. Yeah, famous always... Red Baron crash site with the chimney where you can see where his wheels clip the top of the <laughs> chimney and then the red paint from his uh, Fokker triplane on there. A little story I tell to students sometimes just to keep them interested. None of it's true, of course. The, uh, the, the chimney has only been there post-war. But, um, yeah, but, it uh, just keeps them occupied. It does, yeah, it yeah. does indeed. So it's a good day, a good bonus day yeah. on, the, on the Somme. And then that brings us to the last day of the tour. Yeah, which is really a good bonus day again. Yeah, absolutely. Started with a visit to um, Bertong, the Chateau of Bertong. Bert Angles. Bert Angles. Bert Angles. Yeah. Really, we don't have to do this. People just refer to last year's uh, podcast, can't yeah. they? Yeah. find out. But no, it's great because um, I know the owner, Stanislaw, is a really good bloke and his family has owned that chateau for, for a very long time. And, um, and so we get to not just go and peer through the gates at the chateau. We get to open those gates and go and have a good walk around the garden and stand on the steps where Monash was knighted by the king. This was the Australian Corps headquarters in 1918. And great visit, I think, people. Oh, again, yeah. a then and now yeah. perspective. And not so, so long as... I think we overdid it last time, and so I enjoyed it this time because it was a little... Uh, uh, not quite so long. No need to go and look at every kind of facet of the uh, of the whole building. And, uh, and yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it this time. It was I enjoyed it last time, but I just thought we got it right this time. And I think... Uh, perhaps we overdid it last time, but it was uh, yeah, it's a great place. We reenacted. I think I was I, I was I was Monash. You were Monash. I was Monash. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, Charles yeah. and one of the yeah. was, was the king. And someone found a stick nearby, and we yeah. reenacted live reenactment <laughs> of the knighting on the steps. Yeah. But it's one of those places, Pete. You walk through those gates, and you see this. It is a very imposing building, a gorgeous chateau from 1730. It was built so famous in Australian yeah. history. We've all seen those photos of Monash on the steps, and then to actually stand there and. 
yeah. right in the you know talk about then and now photo you're standing literally no, on the same fantastic yeah the same piece of stone that monash was on with the king and it's I a think, great place. the thing i like imagining is all those captured field guns and machine guns and everything that were all around uh, uh, the front of uh, of the chateau where we were actually standing and uh, yeah it's, uh, yeah you can use your imagination it's another one of those places great to tie in with a photograph absolutely fantastic and after that two more very special stops the underground city of Naor. Naor. I've been calling it something now every mangly but Naor. The it's normally me. It's normally me that gets these names wrong. It is. Um, <laughs> Solidarity, Pete. I'm trying to help you out with mangling French words. Um, no, it was great. It's the it's the underground city. We've done a whole podcast on it before, where Pete walked around, yeah, banging his, head, bang bang his head. head on yeah. low low roofs, and yeah. really leaving a piece of himself in every yeah. little chamber he went into. But uh, for those who haven't heard that podcast, please go back and listen to it. But it's the uh, underground city where soldiers signed their names and all the walls yeah. of the caves and it's still there you can still see yeah. all their graffiti all their signatures highly recommend the visit it's fantastic and it tells a very human story yeah. it's, it's a very human day isn't it that we do yeah. we do the chateau of yeah. Matong. this isn't about battlefields and cemeteries and rear areas and destruction this yeah. is about the human story and in fact yeah. we did a an entire video on youtube on the um, matt mclaughlin youtube yeah. channel yeah. Uh, which is um, this exactly. It's uh, Battle of the Somme Behind the Lines. That was some years ago. We could probably update that. That, now, was, I think. that was some yeah. years ago. Maybe 2019, I think. Yeah. And um, Yeah, so we did exactly this, that we went around to all these sites we're now describing. The Underground City of Noir, the... Um, oh, no, Noir. Jeez, why have I got that wrong so much? I can't understand it. It's like a... I might have had a stroke in my sleep and not realised. Why do I get that wrong so much? Like? Explain for me then. <laughs> well, we won't go there. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure yeah. your uh, mental faculties are, um, are in perfect working order. Uh, but the underground city of that one, um, and then to uh, which re- is really great, and then to um, uh, Vinyacore. 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 Yeah. As you, as people would know, they'd know that name would would ring a, a ring, uh, you know, light a light a bulb in their mind, and that's because this was where the um, the photographic studio was set up and hundreds of photos, thousands of photos of soldiers were taken and they found the glass plates um, 10 years ago yeah, in an attic. The Thuillier collection. Yeah, so it's, it's really great and it's now in conjunction with Australia and, um, and Britain and the local people. They've set up a museum there to tell that story. Yeah. So you can actually stand in the, the courtyard of the farm where the photographic studio was. Yeah. Again, in the footsteps of the, the thousands of soldiers who had their photo taken. And I think there's an interesting connection there, Pete, between soldiers signing their name Again, as you put it so well, to leave a piece of themselves behind. Yeah. Not only are they, is there a fear of death, but there's a fear yeah. of oblivion yeah. that, that, that yeah. they would be missing and yeah. there'd be no trace of them left. They were seeing yeah. it every day. So signing their name onto the walls to leave a little trace of themselves, so, but also get a photo taken on yeah. the battlefields to send yeah. home to their families. We yeah. still have those photos. You have them in your collection. I do. Yeah, They're very, very moving. And uh, I think that day the, the two sites worked so well together with the uh, very, very many of the men signed the walls and then had their photo taken and then sadly did go out to a, a oblivion. So yeah, it's uh, two very moving locations. And we were treated very well at Vinicor, weren't we as well? Yeah, Valerie. Valerie. Shout out to Valerie. Yeah. She takes great care yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah, they're very committed to telling that story, particularly the Australian story. Yeah. when Australian groups come in, so it's wonderful yeah. to see. Um, and then a final, again, a bonus visit. We headed out to the the cemetery in Vinicor, which is one of my favourites. It just has, yeah. it just tells not just a, a great story, but so many great stories. And yeah. t- tell the story now, Pete, of the, the, yeah, the sculpture. Well, there's a very unusually there's a there's a, a a statue of a French soldier who is overlooking the the Australian graves there, and uh, and it's very moving. I often perceive it as uh, one of theirs, so uh, a Frenchman looking after the the Australian and British war dead, and there he is. Uh, and I think it shows it's partly the story of the village, really, of how much the village became connected to the the Empire effort or the Commonwealth effort on the on the Western Front. 
Um, but the other part of the story is in the actual uh, the village war memorial in the middle of the town. The, the memorial is a, a young woman uh, looking across the fields uh, with her with her young young son uh, at her feet, and she is the uh, the partner, the wife of the soldier who's at Vinicor and uh, the cemetery, and she's waiting for him to come home. Uh, and I think the two halves, the memorial in the in the cemetery, uh, our cemetery, Commonwealth Wargrave Cemetery, and then the the other half in the civil cemetery, is fantastic. Once you know the story, and it's, it's actually interesting. It's, it's now been portrayed just outside uh, outside the cemetery wall, so you can actually see those two things together. But well worth a visit if you go to uh, to Vinicor, Make sure you go to the Commonwealth Wargrave Cemetery there, but also to the civil, civ- civilian cemetery in the middle of the town. It's a um it's just a great cemetery as well. Yeah, it's it a is. very, it's a lot of, if you're an Aussie, then a lot of the graves there, I don't know why, but there's, there's yeah. a real Aussie reflection there. There's a yeah. lot of... It's part of the casualty evacuation route, so these are guys that are dying during the, the evacuation, and I think it's yeah. a very obvious what period it is. It's 1918, and it is from the 8th of August uh, and onwards, and a lot of the deaths there are, are from that period, from the 100 days. So it's a sad aspect of, that we're in the last 100 days of the, of the war. But it's just very, very, very moving, and uh, an awful lot of air crew there because it was a there was a, um, a, a little uh, what will be RAF station just outside the village as well so dying in crashes and accidents so quite a lot of uh, pilots uh, and uh, observers buried in the cemetery as well but it's just a fascinating cemetery well, a lot of inscriptions yeah, emphasizing inscriptions. Australian yeah. identity and um, yeah. you know one talking about yeah. uh, how um uh, an 18 year old who's buried yeah. there and he cel- no he must have been 19 by the stage yeah, but he yeah. celebrated his 16th birthday yeah. at Anzac so yeah. at Gallipoli in 1915 and yeah. You know, yeah. so just incredible stories. Imagine being a 16-year-old oh. at Gallipoli. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. But uh, yeah. also um, um, uh, Mr. Coyne. Was it Coyne? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, the the Sergeant Coyne who um, threw himself on a grenade to save yeah. his comrades and yeah. was awarded the Albert Medal, the only yeah. Australian to receive that medal, which specifically for saving lives. That led us to a whole discussion on the coach about the Albert Medal and the George Cross, and uh, which was quite interesting, really, that people yeah. became very interested. Yeah. Isn't that the wonderful thing about a tour is that it... Um, it, it it invites conversation and encourages us yeah. to, uh, you know, to to pose these questions, and then and then it's a two way conversation. It's not just us yeah. standing there lecturing. We, we we get very engaged with the passengers. That's why these tours are so special. Yeah, and that was a good example. Of that yeah, it was. And yeah. then back to Paris and our farewell dinner last night yeah. on our on a river on a river cruise on the Seine, um, which was yep. lovely as always. A great way to end a yeah. tour. Yeah, it is really uh, lovely. And everyone oh, had lots is. of red. The red wine flowed, and yeah. the tears flowed, and hugs and yeah. sing songs, and it's a, it's a great way to end a tour. You could tell how tired we were though, because the, the coach driver on the way back was very keen that we should see some more of the sights of Paris, and they said we could stop here, and everybody just wanted to go to bed. I think we were so tired. It's, uh, but yeah, a nice way to be tired. Well, a fantastic end to the uh, to the tour. Just a, a great experience, and then we were lucky enough to see quite a few of the passengers at breakfast this morning. And again, yep. you, uh, yep. Pete, I always feel. I feel genuinely sad at the end of these tours because you can't even say, oh, well, I'll be back next year because there'll be a whole new group of people again and you have the same experience that you have yeah. build all these friendships over yeah. 10 days yeah. and they just say goodbye and everyone disappears. Yeah. It is, yeah. it is a, it's a little bit heartbreaking every it time. It is, and it's amazing how many people get weepy, including myself. It's, uh, yeah, it's very, very moving. But some very dear friendships are always made on the tour and I said yeah. it on the first day and it was reiterated on the last day that... Um, People on this tour will forge lifelong friendships with people they've yeah. just met for the first time because yeah. it's such an important shared experience, and that really sums it up, Pete. It's a shared experience. It it's, not, it's not a history yeah. lecture. It's not a it's not a university course. It's a it's yeah. a, it's a shared, shared experience, experience. Of, of learning these stories and 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 feeling them and experiencing them with other people who who feel the same way. So yeah. 
that's the beauty of one of these tours, and this was a great example of that. Really good tour. It was fantastic. One, one of the best, actually. Well, I say that at the end of almost everyone. You we do this, and you're off again tomorrow yeah. on our walking tour. I am, yeah, yeah. I start again tomorrow, so just 24 hours downtime. I'm going to go back to bed, I think. Pete's <laughs> right, a little worn out as, as we yeah, both yeah. are. It is a, it is yeah. a, it's, a, it's an emotional experience. You talk, yeah. You're not talking about, you know, you're talking about pretty emotional topics, and it does get. Uh, yeah, you do start to feel it by the end of the tour, but you've got our walking tour coming up, which yep, will be great. Looking forward to it. Um, and I should say to people, if you've enjoyed hearing about this, there are still a couple of places on the tour for next year, which we're doing the Western Front and then followed by a walking tour once again. So you can certainly check that out on our website at battlefields.com.au. But um, we'd love to have you on any tour. We, I mean, it's just great to, to walk the ground. If you're lucky, you'll get Pete as your historian, and uh, whether it's a long tour or a short tour. Uh, you'll get this experience of, of, of commemorating the Anzacs on the ground where they fought and died, and that's one of the greatest experiences you can have over here. It is. Uh, it is. There's uh, yeah, nothing better. It's, uh, it is. I mean, I've been doing this now for near on 20 years, and uh, the, the day that I don't get moved and, and feel... Uh, uh, and, and feel that this is worthwhile. I often joke about when you see guides walking about with the stick and the flag on the end and follow me. The day I do that is the day I finish as well. But, yeah, uh, Pete, Pete yeah. started these tours when he was 12. So <laughs> 20 long years now, mate. In your early 30s, after start thinking about doing something else. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a real job. Get a real job. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us on this wonderful experience. Dear listener, it's been great to bring it to you. Once again, we didn't do quite as many podcasts as we intended to, but a nice bookend start and end of the tour. But hopefully you've enjoyed this experience as we've enjoyed telling you about it. And we, we hope to see you all on a tour in the future. Yep, we certainly do. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you would like to support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Firstly, you can become a member. For a small monthly fee, you can subscribe to the show and listen to every episode ad-free and also receive exclusive episodes directly from Pete and I. So see the link in the show notes to sign up at ACAST Plus and become a member of the show. Also, if you want to make a one-off contribution, you can now buy us a coffee. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash battlewalks and you can make a small contribution there. See you next week.